Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. In today's episode, I have Vivian Yip. We're going to talk about how she was able to rehab over 25 properties. We're gonna talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly, and all the lessons she learned. Now, so why is she now building a midterm rental? What is she really anticipating in the market? Before we get into Vivian's story, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Top real estate investors love to talk about how they save so much on taxes, but how are they able to build rental property empires while skirting Uncle Sam? 1031 exchanges. 1031 exchanges allow you to defer capital gains taxes while you sell an investment property, exchanging your old property for a bigger, better one and avoiding the tax man while you do it. And that's where First American Exchange Company comes in. They're the leaders in 1031 exchanges. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just starting, First American Exchange can help you with simple rental property exchanges, complex commercial real estate investments, reverse exchanges, and more. Don't let your taxes eat into your profits. Visit First American Exchange Company at firstexchange.com or call them at 800-556-2520. That's firstexchange.com or 800-556-2520. Keep your money in your pocket and propel your portfolio further at firstexchange.com. First American Exchange Company does not provide tax or legal advice. Consult your financial, real estate, tax, or legal advisor about your circumstances. First American Exchange Company. Safe, smart, secure. I used to think working from home was the dream, until it wasn't. Between the distractions and the solitude, I was struggling. But then, I discovered Industrious Office, and honestly, it's been a game changer. Every day at Industrious feels like stepping into a zone of productivity. The high-speed internet never fails me during crucial moments, and the workspace? It's not only stylish, but designed to boost your focus and creativity. Plus, the daily breakfast and endless coffees are super cool. Meeting other driven professionals right where I work has not just expanded my network, it's inspired me. It's amazing how being around other focused people can push you to achieve more, you know what I mean? If you're looking for a sign to change your workspace, this is it. Check out Industrious by visiting biggerpockets.com industrious. Then click join now and use the promo code pockets to get a free week of co-working when you take a tour. That's biggerpockets.com industrious and use promo code pockets after clicking join now. Experience for yourself how the right environment can change the way you work. Industrious, it's where your best work happens. Welcome back to the Real Estate Investor Show. My name is Andressa Gidelli, and I'm running the show on my own today. My business partner, Liz, is probably having some margaritas somewhere around the world while I'm here. No, but I'm telling you something. You're going to have a treat today. I have Vivian Yip with us. Thank you so much for being on our show, Vivian. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. So for all of you that are listening, Grab your tea, your coffee for the next 30 minutes. You're going, oh, you have yours. Vivian has your hers and I have my water here today. Sometimes I bring a cup and you don't know what I have inside. It might be whatever your imagination wants it to be. Anyway, we're going to be diving. Vivian has done an excellent job rehabbing over 25 properties and build a midterm rental business. We're going to really dive the next hour on how she was able to do that. But before we do that, Vivian, let me ask you a quick and deep question. 
What is the lesson that is taking you the longest to learn? The lesson that's taking me the longest to learn. Wow, that's a hard one. Really just being a better communicator, I think. Sometimes, you know, I have so much information stored in my head that, you know, sometimes I mistakenly assume that someone knows exactly what I'm talking about. And I have to be really conscious of my my mind and what I'm thinking and try to share those thoughts and ideas with people and just not be so have such high expectations of other people when I'm the one that probably hasn't done the better, the best communication. My gosh, Vivian, can we dive deep a little bit into that? Because I think that all the women that are listening, right? We uh, we are masters in figuring things out on our own. Multitasking. Multitasking. And then when it comes down to hiring people or dealing with contractors and all the internal and external team, because we work in such a high speed and we connect all the little boxes inside our brains, we assume that other people it's obvious, isn't it? Right? right? So there's no need for me to connect the dots or explain. I suffer from the same syndrome, Vivian. So all the ladies out there, if you do that, take a sip. <laughs> You're that. But I think that we don't talk enough about that. And I think that a lot of conflicts happen and a lot of resentment happen because people assume, well, I'm saying this. I, do I really need to say why? It's pretty obvious. But sometimes we forget that our experiences have shaped what we think or what we believe, and that's different from someone else's experience. So we just have to really not take that for granted. It's it's not an easy task, ladies, mm -hmm. right? And and I haven't mastered it. I think as, as I grow, as I manage a larger team, it, but that's what it comes down to. But we don't talk about any real estate. People talk about strategies. People talk about how to, but we don't talk about the basic fundamental about communication. And I think that that can break it or make it a rehab process. For example, uh, you were doing a project. You did 25, over 25 projects, right? Let's yep. talk about that piece when it comes down to communication, how the, your communication helped you achieve what you wanted and when did your communication style or skill really like, oof, that was that, that could have been gone in a different way. Yeah. Well, let me first clarify. I didn't do it on my own. I am partnered with my husband on doing these flips. So, you know, there's no way I could have done that all by myself. However, you know, when you're in business with your spouse, communication can really make or break you. And it's really tough to always assume that he knows exactly what I'm thinking. But, you know, aside from the marriage, I think it's also really important how you communicate with your contractors, because at the end of the day, if you haven't clearly drawn out or clearly expressed what you need, then, you know, you can have mistakes that are really hard to unravel. So say, for instance, I have a great tile installer, for instance, I work with his wife and him and his wife is perfectly, you know, uh, multilingual. She speaks English perfectly, but he, uh, even though he's been in the country for a long time, he still struggles with some, some finer pieces of the English language. And 
one time, you know, the tile was installed wrong. And I thought because he, you know, he does this for a living that maybe he understood me, but I made the assumption that he did. And, you know, the, the lesson learned there is to really have clear visual guidance, you know, on paper that says, this is exactly how I want to be installed or whatever it is. Right. So it's just, it, I cannot always believe that I'm the one that's right. I have to believe that I need to change the way that I'm doing things because obviously there was a disconnect somewhere. A hundred percent. I think that the easiest route and what the most common route that, that, that we hear, well, well, they didn't do it right or the contractor run with my money or whatever that situation might be. And we encourage all the ladies inside our Facebook community and our meetups. Wait a minute. Let's take a step back, right? If somebody stole your money, absolutely. It's not your fault. However, let's, what part you take responsibility for it? Did you have a contracting place? Did you have a payment planning place? Did you pay in advance? Right. Well, you said expectations. Right. So then we look in inward to, to find what can we change? We cannot change everybody's behaviors or perceptions, but we can change what we do. So when it comes down to, to rehabbing these amount of properties, let, let's break down the good, the bad, the ugly, and all the in-between. What do you think, Vivian, for you and your husband, it worked out? What are the things that you guys have done and put in place that allow you guys to rehab this amount of properties? I think first and foremost is not trying to shop for contractors all the time. Okay. Some people shop for contractors on every single project. We have been so lucky through the pandemic and everything. We've been doing this for five years. Uh, and we were so lucky that through the pandemic, our contractors stayed with us by our side through and through. We didn't have any supply chain issues, no labor issues. And that's because we always, even though like we do have both but multiple contractors that we use just to make sure that we're keeping it humble and we know that what we're getting is, is right. But we always made sure that we pay our contractors on time and that we stay on top of them to make sure that they are doing what they're supposed to be doing and just making sure that we're staying loyal to them so they could also stay loyal to us. Right. So for instance, like our electrician, you know, what even if we're working on a new project or a project that he's not really put a lot of time and effort into, we would call him if we have a problem. He would always show up on time or just show up to help us because he we he knew that we were struggling with an, with an issue. So really, that's a good lesson is, you know, stay close to those that are meaningful and value, valuable to you. The second thing really is to make lists. I know it's so simple, but for me, I try to keep a list of orders of operations and making sure that I have those key failure points of where we failed in the past to make sure that we don't do it again. So case in point, when you're ripping out a bathroom like on a house that already exists, right? We're flipping a house. You have a bathroom vanity that might be old and maybe you want to turn it into a double vanity. And then you have lights that are right above it. And you have the electrician do all the electrical work before once everything's torn out. And then you install the vanities and then you realize that the lights don't match up with the sink. Right. And like, how do you prevent that to make sure that you don't do that again? So you don't have to call the electrician again. Right. So it's, it's really just 
walking through your process and understanding after the end of the project is saying, okay, where did we go wrong? Of course, celebrate where you went right as well. But where did we go wrong and how do we fix that so we don't encounter the same problem again? I, I love that debriefing because ladies and, and all the allies that are listening, every single project we learn something new, Yeah, right? One time I remember I was during demolition, there was like hair coming out of the wall and I was like, it was in South Philadelphia, right? Well known for mafia and things like that back in the day. I was like, there is a freaking body on the wall. <laughs> that was my first thought process, right? But then I took a picture, sent it to, to my contractor. He's like, no, no, no. This is horse hair. I was like, what are you talking about? And back in the day, they use horse hair to, uh, with a little, some sort of plaster or mix to really put on, on the wall. And that is super, super durable. So we actually did not rip any of that out because it's so, it's there for so long and it would take so much labor to really take that and put something else in place. So I was like, what the hell? Like, who's going to think about this, right? Never heard of that before. I've never heard of that before. And I was like, I, there is no book that you can learn those things, right? So as you're going through all the projects, you learn how the projects work and the dynamic, as you're saying, the loyalty, right? Yeah. I, I'm a super fan of that because if people understand that you respect them, that you expect the, the job to be done, but you, they also expect to, to be paid on time. Correct. So for, for people that say, well, yeah, they did it. And then I am delaying my, my payment because of whatever reason. I don't think that's fair. Then, then you're asking for integrity. You're not giving the same back. And I, uh, that is just like, no, no. You mentioned about your, you doing business with, with your husband, right? And it's, you're married two times, right? With the same, same. Yep. How did you guys divide the roles and what you guys had to pivot because certain things didn't work or he always worked from out of bed? Oh, man, I think we've definitely gone through our trials and tribulations on this. When we first started five years ago, it was just kind of like, OK, we have this idea. Let's tackle it. And then over time, I think we just kind of figured out, you know, what each of our strengths are. So I'm much better behind the computer, doing the analysis, talking on the phone, doing design work, and he's much better with his hands and, you know, thinking through the execution process. So, you know, after the first three projects or so, we kind of realized that I have my strengths and he has his strengths and we each have our own weaknesses as well. So it just evolved into this relationship where we just stay in our lanes, right? And that's really important because if he tries to design something and I'll just look at him like, yo, stay in your lane, you know, and or if I'll come in with the idea and I'll walk into a property and be like, I think this and this and this could be like, I get that you have these ideas, but execution wise, it's not going to work. So we keep it, you know, we keep each other pretty uh, humble and, and make sure we stay in our lanes. 
That's really great. In terms of, of the market, right? Because the past five years, what what we have seen is not what we are seeing now in, in the market, especially in Austin. Uh, right? Yes. How you're in the Austin market and it's it's just crazy from when when we say like crazy from interest rate perspective people say yeah you guys never face the double digits and, and all that but from different perspectives when it comes down to market right what are the shifts that you guys are are making in terms of demand supply how are you guys finding your deals nowadays well i will say that you know the market shifted really really fast here in austin and we were locked into two deals by late spring of last year. And unfortunately, even though we made what I thought was pretty aggressive assumptions, we ended up losing a lot of money on one property. And then we or made a little bit of money on another one and then made a little bit of money on, on the third one. So even out, it still hurt a little bit. So we're kind of licking our wounds a little bit. I'm not afraid to say that. We're just going to fail forward here. So we're we're stepping out of flips just for momentarily just to see, kind of watch what happens. There's a lot of things macroeconomically that are happening as well. So we're just we're just doing a little bit of remodeling work right now. And I think it's so important to say that because a lot of women are beating themselves up on it, right? Yeah. I am saying more no's than yeses. I'm not saying yeses at all, at all. I'm just like watching it and saying, mm, that does not make sense. For, for you guys, it, and it takes the pressure about like, instead of like, eh, I need to get a property under, I'd rather not. I'd rather, I'd rather not. For you guys, if you can break it down, like the top three lessons that you guys learned on those deals, and that's why you decided to take a break in that, the, the rehab, and then pivot to another niche. What would you say were the, the biggest lessons you guys learned on those projects? I think just um, really just keep watching the market as things are happening. We were really, what I thought was fairly aggressive. I You know, when we bought those properties, one in particular, I knew that interest rates were going up. I knew that meant that supply was going to go up. But I didn't really consider how much supply would go up and how much interest rates would impact buying power. And then on top of that, how much it would de depress the sales price of properties. So I think really the biggest lesson is just not being over aggressive. Even though I had made a, an assumption of 15% drop in the in the sales value, the in the end, by the time we sold our property, it dropped 23%. Wow. It's huge. Huge. Then just, you know, worried about being tied in, into two other properties at cash flow. You gotta, you gotta like, there's so many moving pieces that you gotta watch out for it and balance. And at the end of the day, I would say that if I had to do it all over again, I probably would have been more cautious and not purchase that property given what the market conditions were or what we saw the market conditions moving to, right? Like Wayne Gretzky says, you always move where the puck is going. And if you see the puck going around the corner and you kind of have to see where that puck is going around the corner and see if you can anticipate what those changes are. And I'm, I feel like anticipation is one of my greatest skill sets and I just didn't anticipate enough. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? 
With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Listen, if we all could anticipate, right, right? But it, we would have a magic crystal ball. Uh, absolutely. We'll sell crystal balls across the country and, and in other countries. Uh, we all have the great intentions, and I do not know a single person that never lost money in real estate. Correct. Uh, let me make a clarification. If you're listening and you never lost it, it's because you didn't pay, you didn't play enough of time. Yep. Or haven't take risks yep. in order to to grow your your business. Yep. What I would say is that you haven't lost it yet. Correct. It's going to happen at some point, and we all need to embrace that and say, okay, what do I learn here? What would I have done, dear friend? And then detach. I think that something that I I we talk so much now our Facebook group community is the detachment of the property itself failed. Detach of the property of what I mean about myself. I still have the same value. I'm going to still continue growing my business. I didn't fail. The property itself failed and that, that's it. But it's it's a process, right, that, that we go through. You guys have pivot. And talk. Let's talk about the midterm rental, mm-hmm. the business that you have developed. Tell me the reasons why that was an option that that you believe it's it's doable, considering all the marketing conditions and what's coming up, and how you were adjusting. Yeah. So one of my life goals is to really focus on building net worth. And one of the best ways to do that is through real estate. I mean, if you read every book out there, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Millionaire Next Door, Tax-Free Wealth, all those books focus on how much real estate can drive your net worth. We were buying, acquiring properties at such a discount and then adding value to them. It only made sense for us to try and keep as many as we could, right? But given the market here in Austin, the permitting process for short-term rentals, you know, the rent, the normal long-term rent has not caught up to the purchase price. All these things made it unreasonable to assume that we could turn these properties into long-term rentals. So the only way to do was short-term rentals, but given that short-term rentals 
have all these permitting problems and they're actually not giving out any more permits anymore, then I thought, well, what if I did a 30-day stay? And this kind of happened accidentally because when I had one short-term rental in a in a town north of Austin called Round Rock in 2019, and I, it, I bought this distressed house for $185,000. That is unheard of right now. And I, you know, renovated it, made it all pretty, threw some furniture in it, ran it as a short-term rental. And then this was in July of 2019. After 53 reviews, March of 2020 comes along and Airbnb starts canceling all these reservations. And I'm like, sorry to freak out a little bit because I have a mortgage to pay, right? At the end of the day, I have a mortgage to pay, but Airbnb has the audacity to cancel reservations on my behalf. And I thought, okay, I need to stop this business for a moment, think about what to do next. And I was like, maybe I'll try, you know, 30 day stays. So I put it on the MLS, put it on Furnish Finders. And lo and behold, I got a booking for three months from a family relocating from California. And they were building a new house and they needed somewhere to stay. And I was like, wow, that's perfect. I literally talked to them maybe once a month. Isn't it so beautiful? Though? And then two weeks before they checked out, I got another seven-month booking from a construction team. Then I was like, I think I'm on to something, right? So um, I eventually quit my job. So I sold this house because the market was so hot, you know? And I was like, I don't like this house that much anyway. So I'm going to sell it, free up some capital, see what this money can take me to next. And then I found a, a duplex you know, very distressed. It was torn up by rats and whatnot, but it literally was in the best location, best schools, you know, nine minutes from the Apple campus, 12 minutes to the domain with, you know, that's a big entertainment district. So I bought the duplex, you know, renovated it. And I thought, you know, if this 30 day stay thing works in Round Rock, why wouldn't it work in the city of Austin? So I, one side was still occupied by the long-term renter. And then the second side, I just renovated, I threw, threw all the furniture in it from the house in Round Rock, literally almost no startup costs. And it's been booked constantly since June of 2020. Wow. So when the tenant next door moved out, <laughs> I, turned, I flipped that around, threw some furniture in there, and that's been constantly rented since August of last year. So now I have six midterm rentals and I continuously grow that. And it's just it's just been a wonderful avenue for me to quit my job and you know mostly replace my income and you know it's just it, it lets me live full-time as a real estate investor i love it because many times people see the detours as something that is holding them back right so all the the permitting philadelphia basically very similar very difficult to do anything <laughs> honestly right so as you as you evolve as a real estate investor and those detours come through right yeah every obstacle is an opportunity uh upside down right you might you might not see it but i i totally agree and i think that we just need to believe that there is a better opportunity there. And this is a way for us to really get aligned to what we are supposed to be doing in life. Absolutely. Who, who likes tenants and toilets, right? I I don't. And pro property management companies don't do don't like that as well. We like the cash flow. We 
all investors talk about the cash flow, but all the work that happens behind the scene in order to get there. So midterm rental, based on what you see the market going, right? We talked about anticipation. Are you doing any type of anticipation regarding the midterm rental? Absolutely. So in midterm rentals, you typically have several categories of travelers, right? You have those that are remodeling or renovating or, or building a new home. You have those that are digital nomads. You have your travel nurses. You have your corporate relocations. And then you have your insurance loss of use. Those are your big five categories. Now, travel nurses, I don't focus on because our market cannot support the kind of income that they could or the type of rental revenue you could generate. In the state of Texas, travel nurses are some of the lowest paid in, in the nation. So most of their budgets come in between $1,200 to $1,600. That's not doable in this market. So it's very hard for travel nurses to find stuff here. And it's very hard for me to support travel nurses because my properties cost much more than that. In terms of the remodeling and relocation, I've had really good luck with those. The people that are digital nomads, I've only had a few sets of those, not super popular for me. Then there's corporations, right? Corporations, they do a lot of relocations, but given what's happening to the market, that really hasn't been a huge focus for me. So the thing that I'm really paying attention to right now is the loss of use. The loss of use insurance policies can be very lucrative because property values are so high over here. When they lose their home to flood or fire, their budgets are often quite high and they want, you know, a home they, they can move into as opposed to spending their loss of use in a apartment or even in a hotel. So, you know, what we do on in our business is we focus on trying to match full home rentals into these insurance contracts. I love that. Where can we find them? You contact insurance companies or is there a, a platform where you can be matched? Yeah. So ALE, ALE Solutions is the largest home I guess, insurance relocation housing provider. So you could just go on the alesolutions.com and you can submit your house there. But, you know, it's, it's, it's hit or miss whether or not you will get contacted because you can't forecast a flood or fire. So it's kind of like having a, the right property at the right place at the right time. And, you know, it's it's kind of hit or miss, like I mentioned. But when when you do land a contract, it's like a gold mine. Absolutely. I love, I love that you're talking about those five categories because many times people think about midterm rental as nurses only. And I and then they look look around what's going on and miss the opportunity, more opportunities. In Philadelphia, what we had was, I don't think it was called midterm rental at that time, but thinking about it, it was, right? Because grandparents came to visit the family in South Philly. South Philly properties are average three bedrooms, two and a half baths, you know, a basement. And if you're lucky, you have a, a deck and they are sited side by side, meaning there's not space, not yeah. Austin. <laughs> like row, row homes? Row homes, side by side, tiny backyards, no grass anywhere, right? So when the grandparents come, usually is a newborn or a first or second. Usually the families that live there, two kids, right? 
they do not have a place in that house to stay. And they want to stay for a longer period of time. So I usually rented for grandparents. And guess what? They didn't stay at my property during the day. It was magical. But like, this is the best thing ever, right? But, you know, as, as you grow, I think that people need to look and their descriptions, right? You need to make sure it's, it's for the nurses. You talk about the, the noise that there is noise or there isn't noise. And you look for those five categories. I love that very much because then you're not just focusing on, okay, oh, I don't have nurses here. If you were just looking at that from that perspective, you say, well, that's not going to work here because nurses over here pay, get paid so little. But there are other options. Really love this, the categories of yes. a good term. Vivian, thank you so much for all the tips that you have given to, to us and sharing your journey in your rehabs. Where the ladies and the allies that are listening to us can find more information about you. Uh, the best place to find me is on LinkedIn. And you can just find me under Vivian Yip. Awesome. We're going to put all this information on our show notes. And also, we forgot to mention this, but before Liz kills me. So Vivian, she runs the investor meetup in Austin. Right, Vivian? Right. You can find us on meetup.com. Well. I love that. How long have you been running it, Vivian? Since August of last year. Wow. And it's been so wonderful. Our community is just so great. We have a, a very healthy group that comes out. Uh, it's all women. The group chose to keep it that way. And it just it just feels so positive. And, and re- we have these uh, coffee breakout sessions. So we try to match dates with people so that they can have time to get to know one another. And it's really wonderful because we have apartment syndicators. We have new home builders. We have house flippers. We have... You know, people that specialize in all different kinds of things, right? Short-term rentals, you know, mid-term rentals, obviously, as well. So it's just a really great community to have resources because, you know, there's one TED Talk that I listen to. It's called Isolation is the Dream Killer. And it absolutely is. But when you're surrounded by people that know what you need and they all want to help. So I I just love the investor community. Thank you so much, Vivian, for all the, the hard work behind the scenes. Texas is one of our largest groups, so we we might we might be having some things coming up in 2024 for Texas, ladies. So hang on to that. So before we get going here, I have three quick questions for you. It's our fabulous three questions. The first one is: What's the most transformational book you ever read? Oh, I mean, it's so cliche, but Rich Dad Poor Dad, right? I mean. When you read that book, you kind of realize that you have people like, I don't know, Donald Trump's probably a bad example, but you have someone as wealthy as Donald Trump. And then you have someone like me who's doing all right. But one thing we have in common is that we both have 24 hours. How you spend that 24 hours can dictate whether you become the rich dad or poor dad. And I think that it's so important to read that book to understand what the wealthy are doing so that they can be on the the higher quality of life that most of us want. So that was definitely my transformational book. Awesome. What's the most powerful routine 
that you do to create a financially free and balanced life, whatever balance means to you? I think it's just discipline. I use my calendar like crazy because I believe that if it gets scheduled, it gets done, right? So for me, I you know wake up at 5.30 every morning, I go to the gym, I kill my workout, I take my kids to school, and then my calendar is just packed all day. And it, it, it's, you know, it gives me a ton of productivity, but at the same time, it also lets me control what I have and when I can take my breaks. So if I want to just leave for 12 days to go to Vietnam, like I'm doing in May, nice. I just stack everything up before that, try to knock it out of the way, be as productive as I can. That way I can really enjoy my free time. I love that. I And I, I think such a great point because people sometimes feel that they're like, oh, you're putting me in boxes if I have, you know, a color code schedule or everything on my calendar. I think that's actually freedom because then I can totally, as you were saying, control my free time, my nothing time as I wish. Yeah. I and that. also on the flip side, it's I can dedicate my time to whoever I'm talking to and I can be compartmentalized and just focus on them. I think that reduced so much stress. It's not even funny. That's another, we can talk about all of that in an entire new episode, Vivian. You might, you might have to come back just, just so we can dissect that part. Last question, which women, famous or not, has inspired you the most? Probably going to be my mom. My mom is a, she still is a powerhouse. She's 76. But growing up, she, you know, she was a banker. And I just watched her soar her career from being a teller to a manager. And then towards the end of her career, she was a vice president at HSBC. And just watching her, her growth over time and just being this powerhouse, like she knew everybody and everyone in Vancouver, in Toronto, in the Chinese community. And it just, you know, it, it gave me something to look forward to that I could hopefully one day be as strong and powerful as she is. Oh, you are, honey. The apple does not fall far from the tree. <laughs> What's her name? Anna Yip. I, I love to get the names so I can imagine that in my head, you know, many of the women that come and share about their grandmothers and their moms. I just want to because I imagined her the way I don't know if she looks like how I imagined her <laughs> but this like powerful and they're all powerful it's like of course they are look at you right you come from a powerful woman absolutely Vivian thank you so much for being on our show it was a pleasure having you thanks for having me I really enjoyed my time thanks so much if you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews Go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.